Hey guys, so today you and I are going to talk about debugging code. So let's get into it. So the question in question was, Frederick, what are some ways of ensuring that test and debugging code is not left behind in the production code? Oh, this is a good one. This touches on, this is actually one of those situations where it makes more sense to talk about one of those underestimated everybody. Well, at the, as beginners probably hate hate it, and uh, like more experienced people are like if you read it, take the time to learn it. It's a, the best things uh, th tool ever. And some people treat it as a religion, but most people just don't really understand exactly how to deal with, uh, work with it. Uh, we are going to touch on a tool that all of us software developers probably use, but we never really talk about it in the well some people talk too much about it but we never really discuss it it's very rare that at least I get to discuss it uh, instead of talking about programming languages and like all this stuff and that my friends uh, is uh, git or tried and true well, you, you can use other things as well but like mercurial and so forth there, pro there might be a few other ones that I don't know about like subversion etc etc but git version control my friend this is uh, the best tool, uh, the best help that you can possibly have for trying stuff out and making sure that you don't actually push that to production or anything like that. And this is something that is so underestimated about among the developers that it's sort of, honestly, I, in a sense, I sort of measure a person's maturity uh, in a sense, like, uh, some people treat Git like a religion, like where where they will they will go to lengths and have long debates about atomic commits, using the more advanced features like patching and like you know how granular are you going to be in your commit where oh we need to have a certain rule for how to read how to write commit messages are we going to squash are we going to do rebasing how are, what philosophy should we have in the tree etc 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 and then the vast majority of people sort of treat it as just hey we use mergers for everything and we just have like a long list of commits like garbage commits and everything like that. It's a whole religion to do do uh, version control. But for the people who, for the person who's asking this question, I suggest to you that you treat in this instance git as save and load. So the way that I usually do this is that whenever I have reached a point in my coding where I know that, well, if I merged my code right here, right now into production and released it into the general, like into the cyberspace of the world, it would not break anything. Then you commit that and write a message explaining sort of what's going on and then you do that up until the point where now you're talking about debugging. So the moment where you start writing debugging code. You should commit to your code before that. Write a message or something like that. And then write all your debugging code and try it out. Now the reason why this is so useful is because that means that you have a clean state of your software before you start writing a lot of debugging code. You can even extend this, which is the way that I do it sometimes as well, where I might write 
a like I might commit some of the debugging code because I don't I'm not really sure how to fix it like there's a really serious issue and so I write some debugging code and then I commit that like as with a garbage commit message like work working in progress or debug or something like that then I try that out and then I might write some more debugging code and then when you're done with your debugging and you want to release into production well then you really only have to revert all of that garbage all those garbage commits back to the clean state because now you've figured it out, or you can you know, rebase or something like that and remove the garbage commits. But here is the key element to that, and that is that you sort of have to start thinking about how you are committing. So the term that we usually use for a good commit, or it depends on how you want to define a good commit, of course, but if you ask me at the very least, the way that you should start thinking about committing is in terms of atomic commits, which means that a atomic commit is a commit at a state of the code where the code is still working. That takes a little bit of thinking and it takes a little bit of adjustment in your work process if you're the sort of person who's sort of just ad hocly committing things willy-nilly because if you do that well then there's a bit of a danger because then it's difficult for you to remove things or it might be risky for you to just arbitrarily go to some point in the tree in the commit history and say hey I'm gonna run this code because at that specific commit your code might not actually be working and that is the reason why a lot of people talk about squashing and so forth and so forth. There's where all these philosophies kind of come from. But I've always found that to be the best approach. If you want to do a bunch of debugging or something like that, just put a commit before you start writing debugging code. And I would say that any type of experimental thing you're doing is a very good, it's a very good way to approach this because you're basically in a situation where you can write anything and if it didn't really work out, no, you don't have to worry so much about like going back because you just have to revert back to the pre to the previous saved state, and then you're golden. So that is my personal way of dealing with this problem. So what I want you to take away from this is that the way that I ensure that debugging code is not left behind in production code or something like that is that I make sure that before I start writing a bunch of debugging code, I create a save state using version control like uh, git I create a commit before I do it I write all of my all of my code and so forth and then when I figure out what the problem is and so forth I fix it and then it's really down to all right revert back to the previous state and if you you know the fix that you made or whatever you did uh, you're gonna have to apply those changes uh, on top of all this garbage that you're going to throw away. But if you committed correctly along the way, it shouldn't be much of a problem for you to throw away those intermediary commits. You might have to do some extra tweaking and work and so forth because sometimes you write so many debug so much debugging code that you actually solve your problem and but in between you have a lot of debugging stuff going on. If you just keep that with you to try to work in a in a atomic commit fashion and you just think a little bit about when you're doing your commits, you're you're a little bit more selective. It's usually fairly simple to do this. Uh, it takes a little bit to getting used to, but once you get good at this sort of thing, it's very convenient. And even if you do by mistake to release some stuff into production with debugging code, you can very quickly identify that you did so by just looking at the commit history. So I, I, it's a tip from me. 
have like a little alias or something like that which just states like I use working progress that's what my dirty commit system work, uh, uses where I can see that if it says working progress okay this is something there where I'm like sort of lazily hacking things together and I know that those commits they can probably be thrown away or should probably be rebased or rewritten so that they have a nicer commit message because if everything else has like a descriptive thing and that is working progress or debug or something like that you can immediately see that oh I by mistake made a, a merged in some stuff that isn't supposed to be there and then you can fix it so yeah these are my tips have a great day